we know some pretty amazing agency owners with some really amazing stories. Subscribe to the Agency Collective Tales, where we chat to agency owners about what they are doing right now to make sure their agency not just survives, but thrives. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of our podcast. This week I am joined by the very brilliant Claire Ritchie Tompkins from SQN. They are an award-winning integrated marketing communications agency and they work in tech, sport and automotive. Um, We have a chat to Claire about what it's like being a woman in that space, starting her agency and also the challenges that she faces. It's a cracking one. So thanks for joining us, guys. We are with Claire Ritchie Tompkins from SQN. Thrilled to have you on the podcast, Claire. Thanks for joining us. Nice to be here, Ellie. Thanks for inviting me. Amazing. Um, I know you you sort of got in touch and offered your offered your um, insight on our podcast following the women in agencies sort of push that we've done. What I'd yeah. really like to hear about first off, though, is SQN, how how it came about, how you started it, how it's evolved um, throughout your your sort of agency life. Yeah, absolutely. So I was in the IT industry. I'd been with HP for five years. I was at Nortel for 10 years. And one of my latter roles at Nortel was as the global sponsorship manager uh, looking after Formula One. So Nortel had done a deal with Williams. Um, I was asked to manage it globally, which I did for two years um, in-house. And then Nortel was downsizing. I had the opportunity to leave. Um, And I thought I could do a better job than some of my agencies. So um, I decided that I would give it a go and I sort of had, luckily I had the opportunity to take a package from Nortel which gave me the buffer Um, and I said I'd give it six months, if it worked I'd carry on, if it didn't I'd just get another job and we turned 18 last December. That's bloody brilliant to hear, amazing. (laughs) What, What do you reckon it was that gave you that bravery that you just had that sod it? Was it because you had that buffer, buffer, a bit of buffer cash? Yeah, I think it was because I had the buffer. I mean, I was also offered other jobs um, by other companies. You know, Nortel had partners such as Motorola and and, and sort of big organisations that were keen to hire me. Um, but it was almost one of those things where I didn't think I'd have another opportunity to do this. And it was almost, I guess, a bit of a test for myself. Um, and I, I guess I really believed in the idea and I believed in the vision. Um, and the vision was around the fact that I felt that there were very few people that understood how technology companies could use sponsorship and sport um, to get their message out there. And, um, you know, even, even in today's agencies, there are very few agencies that really understand that. Um, and it was about, you know, leveraging that and trying to, uh, to make a go of it. Brilliant. Amazing. How have you found it, you know, with with Formula One in, in the sort of spaces that you've worked within? Mm. Have you felt like a minority as a woman? Like, how have you? Yeah, absolutely. Tell me, tell me a bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, interestingly enough, um, my first job was said was with HP and I was in HP labs. And I think there were probably a dozen women and 200 men. Um, so I'd gone from a course where I studied technology and languages, which was 80% women, 20% men to completely the opposite, um, in my working environment. And, um, I mean, I guess 
you know, I, I, I don't see it as the men and women. I don't necessarily see it as gender, it's people. Um, and, and, you know, you just do your job. And, and I guess that um, that's the way I've always, I've always approached things. Um, and going into Formula One and the sporting environment was no different from the IT environment, to be honest, in those days. Um, and I guess it's about, you know, it's interesting about thinking about the question about how do we encourage more women leaders in, in the agency world. And I think a lot of it is down to your own self-belief. Um, and you've got to have that in the first place. And, you know, that's, that's about a confidence that I guess you've grown over a period of time, hopefully. Um, and also having people around you that can support you and encourage you. Yeah. How have you, how have you reflected that as an agency owner within your own agency? How do you support and nurture talent? Um, I think one of the interesting things is about, uh, you know, we, we are always interviewing. So, you know, I'm always happy to meet people, um, and have a coffee because I always think you never know where that might go. You never know who that person might know. Um, within the network um, but it's also about encouraging girls and women um, to come into into agency life come into industry and particularly STEM industries you know science technology engineering and maths and um, two things on that actually um, SQN has become a partner of Green Power Education Trust um, so we are working with them as a client but we're also a partner um, to help um, kids at school age come into those types of uh, those types of um, subjects uh, and to develop and that's not just girls that's girls and boys um, so that's a that's a mixed situation but um, last year SQM became a partner of an agency um, esports agency called Init Esports and one of Init's um, objectives is to try and encourage more girls to get into gaming and particularly sim racing and there's a train of thought about it's not just the racing it's about the engineering that goes around that so encouraging more girls to come into engineering in sport um and that whole side of it so yeah i think you know trying to create those communities trying to create those ecosystems and and just being encouraging um as best we can how brilliant have you loved being involved in those initiatives yeah i i do and you know i think back to you know myself when um when i was sort of that age of choosing gcses and i did a presentation recently where i was saying you know my my stepfather at age 13 when i was age 13 asked me what i wanted to do when i grow up and i wanted to be an air stewardess um and his quick thinking response was wouldn't you rather be the passenger um and you know that's exactly what i went on to do he encouraged me to go to university study technology which is what i did um, combined yeah. with languages um, and you know ever since my second role within HP I've traveled all over the world so for 30 years I have been the passenger <laughs> how wonderful amazing yeah. 13 at such such an impressionable age right yeah yeah and I think you know about the guidance that he gave me the opportunities that I had to see things I traveled quite a bit at that age I, you know I did a, a French exchange age 11 um, for three weeks, which, you know, was quite a long, long period of time to be away from home and a family um, yeah. in a foreign country. And I think those sorts of things all help to develop confidence and, and self-belief, as I was saying earlier. Definitely. You've always been brave then. Yeah, I guess so. You don't think of it like that, do you, when you're doing it yourself? But in some ways, maybe it is. Yeah. I think that's and, you know, I think 
quite often with businesses, people have a good intention to start a business, but quite often get sucked into being hired by their first or second client. And I think that's one of the things that sort of often happens. Whereas I guess we were quite separate in terms of, you know, I had a vision and I wanted to fulfill the vision and I still have that vision today. Um, obviously it's evolved and it's grown and, you know, we're not just working in tech now, we're working in sport and automotive as um, sort of verticals. Uh -huh. um, but um, yeah, I guess it's if you, if you have a strong belief in something and you believe you can succeed, you want to try and make that happen. Definitely. So what was the key vision? I mean, obviously it's going to have changed loads, but what was the sort of key vision when you started the agency and what have you managed to hang on to? What still stays true and remains today? I think, well, quality. So, you know, one of the things that drives me is I'm a perfectionist. So, you know, wanting to do world-class work um, is, is something that I think has been with me all my career and that continues to be the case today. But I think this whole thing about, um, you know, having the vision that technology and sport could be combined um, and that sort of has, is still the basis of the business. Um, but in the quality of our work, we've ended up working with sports properties such as Williams in Formula One, Hyundai in World Rally, Toyota in World Endurance Racing, where they actually recognise the quality of our marketing work and our ability to deliver. Um, and I think, you know, the longevity of some of our client relationships over 10 years um, speaks for itself in terms of the quality that we extol. And, you know, I guess I look to hire people that have similar values and that can deliver to that sort of level as well and want to be on the journey. Yeah, brilliant. How have you guys um, fared with the past few months and uh, the, the sort of challenges that you've faced with that? Yeah. Um, Interestingly, we did an employee survey last week, so we wanted to get our employees' uh, feedback on how they felt we'd done, um, and that was pretty positive. I think from a client perspective, um, we were able to encourage, and I guess the longevity of our relationships helps us to be trusted as an advisor to them, so our encouragement for them to go into more dig digital content, which we can supply and, and develop, um, is where we've gone with it. So, um, you know, we've we were concerned about the lack of events. So a lot of our work is around sporting events um, where we're supporting teams on a sort of weekly basis when they're out racing. Um, but, um, you know, they need to keep their profiles high. We've encouraged our clients to keep their visibility up, um, which they've done. And, and we've been um, incredibly busy um, throughout the whole period. So all the team um, started working from home the week of the 16th of March um, right. we continue to do that um, there's no pressure for them to come back into the office as far as I'm concerned um, we have team meetings every morning um, the momentum is there the motivation is there and you know people have found it difficult at different times um, but we've been there to support each other um, and, and work through it and you know things like um, online escape rooms and virtual cocktails and things like that <laughs> from the perspective of uh, have all helped how lovely so you've managed to keep up the sort of social side and the, the fun as well yeah I think we could probably could have done more of that um you know I think one of the things is we have been um really flat out and you know we've won three pieces of new business during lockdown brilliant um which you know is is quite phenomenal um and so you know that's testament to the team and their dedication and their delivery that's grand
This, this month at the AC, we're concentrating on content around communication um, and how best to communicate with your staff, with your clients, um, and how best to communicate that, I guess, is in the voice of your agency and, and ensuring that you're, you know, you're always sort of true to, true to the brand of your agency. Have you got any sort of thoughts on that um, or advice for, for other agency owners? I think the key thing is is to, is to communicate. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't shy away from it. Yeah, it, it's really interesting because I think you know we in in a sales environment when you're trying to work with a, a potential prospect, when you get radio silence, it's worse than than nothing. Um, you know, whereas you know if you if you actually if they just said you know. I need two more weeks to think about this or whatever it is at least you know where you are and i think that's true for anything whether it's clients whether it's employees so you know our our philosophy has always been to try and keep our employees informed as best as possible to talk to them even if we haven't got the answer but you know speak to them about it and, and it's the same with clients i think as well um and so for me you know open communication is a really important thing yeah. Um, and um, yeah, that's that's what we tend to to work on the basis of. That's brilliant. That's great stuff. Thank you so much, Claire. That's been so helpful. Um, really lovely chatting with you. Nice to talk to you too.